welcome, welcome. We're going to go ahead and get started. My name is Erin, and we are so glad that you guys joined us tonight. If you don't know, Maison is a Greek word that means greater, and the Maison mission is to create greater spaces for people to hear and experience the good news of Jesus. So we are so glad that you guys are here in our greater spaces that we're making to learn more about God. I heard last time was awesome. Uh, I had COVID, so I was at home in bed. It was not fun, but hey, I'm better and I'm back, so hopefully you guys are all staying healthy too. Anybody had the Rona? Anybody? You don't have to tell if you don't want to, but I did. It was not, not now. If you have it now, just put your hand down, put your mask on, please. Anyhow, it's an experience I'm glad to never hopefully check off my list again. So, all right. Um, afterwards, when we're done, if you guys want to hang out with us, we'd love to just hang out, get to know each other. We've got Tommy Knockers, the food truck out there. Levi did talk with them this week, and they have kids options. So there's kids food this week. Um, if you guys have kiddos, there's, there's choices for them this time. Also, you can grab a drink from Cypress and Grove up front. Um, they have lots of options for everyone. Today, Levi is going to be continuing our teaching series called Known. Um, but before we do that, we're going to take a little time just to slow down and focus on our, our hearts on what God is doing and just ask Him what He wants to teach us. But first, let's pray, if you'll join me. God, thank you so much for the chance to be here at Maison, to spend some time in this space, to see and hear and experience what you are doing. We pray that you would open our ears to hear you and that you would just, um, just, just thank you for being here tonight, God, and for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Good evening. Good evening. Yeah, boy, you guys left me hanging there. My name is Levi. I am uh, the, one of the, I'm the teaching pastor here at Maison Mission, and uh, it is good to see you. And some of you snuck in after I came up here to the front row, because there are more of you in this room, which is super cool. Um, you know, there are some little Facebook groups that we're a part of, and there are some people who have started calling Maison Mission Beer Church, and I think that's kind of hilarious. I think it's awesome. <laughs> and uh, so you can invite people to Beer Church or Maison Mission, whatever uh, works best for you. Uh, if you knew uh, the way that I grew up, the irony of me pastoring uh, Beer Church, uh, it, could not be, it could not be overstated, all right? So we are in a series, uh, as we said, um, Known Jesus Revealed, and it runs parallel with uh, a season in the Christian calendar called Epiphany. And Epiphany really focuses in on Jesus, uh, his life, his ways, his teachings. It's the time when he was revealed as uh, the Messiah the rescuer, the king. The interesting thing about it is he came to be those things in a way that people were not expecting. And so uh, they're expecting this Messiah, this king, this rescuer to do certain things that Jesus isn't doing. And so I'm not going to catch you up on all of the weeks, but for the, the last two weeks, we looked at this passage where uh, Jesus returned to his hometown and uh, he was gaining some notoriety and they asked him to read the scripture in the service. And so the way it would work back then is they didn't have this, like this wasn't a thing yet, all of it. And they, they gave you a scroll and they gave him a scroll from the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament. And so then Jesus kind of got to pick what he wanted 
wanted to read. And he picked this passage that talked about how God was going to send this Messiah, which is a rescuer, uh, to his people. And so he reads this passage and then he says this thing. He says, today this has been fulfilled in your hearing. And so basically what Jesus did was picked out a passage from the Old Testament that they would know when God is saying he's going to send somebody to rescue his people. And then Jesus in a group of people says, that's me. Can you imagine how awkward that would be? <laughs> I pick out a passage, I start reading it and then I get done and I'm like, yeah, it, it, that's all about me. Well, surprisingly, the people didn't lose their minds. They actually were like, wow, he's, he's a really good speaker. Uh, but he, he kept talking. And then Jesus got into some trouble. Have you ever been in a conversation like that? Like it, it was going really good, like up until a point. And if you would have stopped there, it would have, things would have ended well, but you kept talking. Well, that's what happened with Jesus because he read the scripture and then he decided to make a few statements. And what he said is, I, I, I am that guy, but guess what? God didn't send me just for you. He sent me for everyone. He sent me for your enemies. Things went downhill real quick because it says uh, in the scripture that they, uh, man, I like having you guys here. This is awesome, man. <laughs> Nobody ever laughs at my jokes like this. This is great. <laughs> it's going to be like night at the improv. I'm liking this. They actually decide, uh, they take Jesus to the edge of a cliff. Like there have been some bombs of sermons preached over the years, but I've never heard of anybody being thrown over a cliff. And so they take Jesus to the edge of a cliff. They're gonna throw him off. Jesus does like a Jesus juke because it says that he like made his way through the crowd and they didn't get to do it, all right? So then Jesus went on. He kept uh, teaching in the communities around the area. He kept uh, healing people. And Jesus essentially in his day, he, he really did go viral. And so large crowds were starting to show up whenever he would teach, whenever he would preach, people wanted to be there, but he was also healing people. And so they were bringing people that needed healing. And so that kind of brings us to the passage that we're going to look at tonight. And I love this passage. I believe these verses are going to be up on the screen. It says, once when he was standing on the shore of Lake Gennesaret, the crowd was pushing in on him to hear, to, to better hear the word of God. He noticed two boats tied up. The fishermen had just left them and were scrubbing their nets. He climbed into the boat that was Simon's. And I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm going to call this guy probably by three things in this sermon. Simon, Simon Peter, because Jesus renames him Peter, and then Peter, kind of at the end of this thing. So if I say Simon, Simon Peter, or Peter, same guy, all right? And it's all in scripture. I didn't give the guy like nicknames or anything like that, all right? So... Um, so he climbed in the boat that was Simon's and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Sitting there, using the boat for a pulpit, he taught the crowd. When he finished teaching, he said to Simon, push out into deep water and let your nets out for a catch. Simon said, master, we've been fishing hard all night and haven't caught even a minnow. But if you say so, I'll let out the nets. I love this moment of, of give and take between Peter and Jesus because Jesus is pushing all of the buttons for Peter. I mean, he's been up all night and got skunked, 
right? It's one thing to go out on a Saturday morning with your kid with a couple of fishing poles, uh, you, you put some worms in the water, you don't catch anything, you come home. It's a completely different thing when it's your livelihood and you come up zeros after staying up all night doing a work. If you've ever worked a night shift, if you can just imagine, it's like you did nothing the whole time. And so Simon, he had to be tired, grumpy. He could have been a little hangry. And Jesus just commandeers his boat to get away from the crowd that was coming in so he can create a bit of space and finish his teaching. And then if that wasn't enough, like Jesus preaches the sermon and I'm sure it was great, but then he starts to give fishing advice to the fishermen, to the fishermen. Do you have a friend like that? Like you start, you start telling them like something that's going on, uh, maybe with your job, they have no idea about your job. Maybe you're an engineer, they're not. But they start giving you some ideas of maybe how you could do your job a little bit better. Um, I actually have another business. I uh, pressure wash and uh, I clean a lot of concrete. And you would, you would be amazed at how many people who ask me if I have ever heard of this little circle thing that will like clean more concrete. And I'm like, yes, yes, I have. Like I have three of those and they're gigantic so that I can clean a lot. But they're like, there are people that think that I do this you know, for a living and then I just have a little wand out there like doing that, you know? This is what's going on. Jesus is giving Simon, the fisherman, fishing advice, bad fishing advice. Hey, push out into the deep water. Yeah, that's not, that's not, where, the fish, that's not where the fish are. And Peter gives Jesus this little out. Like he's like, eh, Jesus, we just did this all night. Like the fish aren't biting. They're not even nibbling. We, we caught nothing. They're just not there. But like, if you say so, we'll throw the nets back out. So Simon is giving Jesus an out. It says, Simon Peter, when he saw it, the great catch of fish fell to his knees before Jesus. Master, leave. I'm a sinner. I can't handle this holiness. Leave me to myself. The interesting thing about Jesus's miracles is that the miracles were never for the sake of show. They were, ne they were never for, for showing out. They were always a signpost to a greater reality. And in this moment, the, the greater reality comes crashing down on Peter. My kids would say Peter was shook. <laughs> because it seems like this is the moment that 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 Simon Peter realizes that he is standing in the presence of God. And in that same moment, he realizes what a mess of a man he is. And he knows enough about the religious system that, that he grew up in, that he knew that if you weren't pure by the letter of the law, then you had no business standing in the presence of God. And, and this is the moment <laughs> So we're in the season of Epiphany when, when Jesus is revealing what the, the heart of God is. This is the moment that Jesus flips the script. This is the moment that we know once and for all that God sincerely desires relationship over sinlessness, over perfection, because this is the exact moment that Jesus could have confirmed all that Simon Peter believes about himself. This is the moment that Jesus could have just piled it on. All of the guilt, all of the shame, he could have said, yeah, you, you are a mess. Your, your life is a mess. This is the moment he could have reinforced the ritual of their religion. This is the moment he could have required some sort of sacrifice, some rituals of purity. 
This is the moment he could have told him to get his act together. This is the moment that Simon expected to be rejected. Have you ever had one of those moments in your life where it's all come to a point and in this moment you are expecting rejection, but you get something else? That's exactly what happens here. There were no rituals required. There was no condemnation. There was no exhortation to do better, to to live better, to be better. What Jesus does in this moment makes absolutely no sense in this story. When Peter declares what a messed up man he is, Jesus leans in and invites Simon to follow him, to follow him. He he leans into it all and invites him into his life, into his kingdom, into his backwards way of initiating a rescue plan for all of creation. All Peter has to do is follow. And he does. About 20 years ago, I worked at a church in North Carolina and um, there were all these like niche kind of ministries in this church. And we had a biker ministry. Have you guys ever heard of a biker ministry? All right, you're like, yeah, I've heard of that. Um, yeah, so every year we had this, this big biker weekend and it was like Harley Davidson meets the church. It's like a brewery meets the church. I just keep finding myself in these places. And, and I remember that they would always bring in, um, when you do biker church, you have to bring in this guy that his, like, his testimony is always like, he's been to hell and back. Like the guy we had this year had, was like, whatever's real high up in the hell's angels, this guy was that before he met Jesus, right? And so there was like a break and there was this guy in the hallway and I knew who he was because his dad came to our church and I don't know what the deal was. I don't know how dad got the son to church, but, but he was grown. He had, I think he was in a biker gang. And so I just started talking to him in, in the hallway. Uh, he actually started talking to me about what this guy was saying. And uh, back then I was like so ready in the hallway to like lead this guy to, to Jesus and make him pray a certain prayer and all of this. And we were having a conversation and basically he said, I know what he's talking about is right. I I hear the invitation to follow Jesus, but my life is so messed up. I have got to get a few things right before I start following Jesus. And in that moment, I, I I told him, I was like, I get that, but that's not how it works. That isn't, it actually doesn't work that way. And he said, yeah, but I can't imagine that it doesn't work that way. And so I said, okay, that's fine. I'll pray for you. And he walked away that day. It was kind of the same invitation that Peter had. Uh, Jesus says, come, follow me. And he says, I will, I will. But how many times do we come to Jesus? We, we have a God moment. Something happens in our life and we're like, we come to this place and then we back away because we know how unclean we are. And so Peter makes this courageous step of following Jesus. But if you continue to read the story, It isn't all roses. Simon is really a hit or miss disciple. There's a story later on that um, the disciples were on a boat and they were really scared because they they thought they saw a ghost uh, walking on the water one night. And so all of the other disciples are pretty smart except for Simon, because Simon yells at what he thinks is a ghost. Hey, um, they thought it may be Jesus. He's like, hey, Jesus, if it's you, like, tell me to come out on the water with you. Like, all the other disciples are like, no, no, that never crossed my mind, but it did Simon <laughs> Peter. And so Jesus says, yeah, come on out here with me. And if you know the story, you know that he actually starts walking on the water towards Jesus. And then he's, 
he sees the giant waves and the wind and the rain and his faith falters and he begins to sink like a rock. And Jesus actually has to pull him up and says, oh, yeah, you need a little more faith, Peter. Then uh, he has a really bad night at the, at the end of the story because uh, Jesus has this, this meal with his disciples. He tells them uh, what's about to happen. And uh, they go to a, a garden and um, Peter's there with Jesus, and then the, the Roman soldiers, they come to uh, arrest Jesus. And if you know this story, you know that somebody cuts off the ear of one of the Roman soldiers. Do you know who that was? Yeah, yeah it was Simon Peter. Jesus literally had to interrupt his own arrest, right? Grab the ear, put it back on the guy, like, sorry about that, and then chastise, <laughs> chastise Peter, he's like, ah, man, if you're going to live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. He's like, this isn't how it works. This isn't how it works. Jesus interrupting his own arrest. And then at that meal that they had together, there's this moment where Jesus says, somebody at this table is going to deny me. And, and, and Peter makes this big production of how, how all in he is with Jesus, how he would never do that thing. And do you know who denied Jesus that night? Peter. Not once, not twice, three times. I don't know if you've ever had anybody say something bad about you or something that's untrue about you. That hurts. I can only imagine how much more it would hurt to have somebody who had been one of, you, one of your bros, one of your, your, your friends, deny that they ever knew you. That is Peter. So we need to be clear about something. Simon Peter was not winning any MVP awards at the end of the year. He wasn't disciple of the year. This isn't who Peter was. This isn't how it worked for him. Like he said yes to following Jesus, but he had faith crisis. He had anger issues. He, he had like knowing Jesus issues because he, did that, he denied that three times in one night. And uh, my dad's a retired pastor. Uh, he preached for like 47 years. I don't know how he did it, but um, I'll call him and he'll say, hey, what are you preaching this weekend? I was like, oh, I'm telling the story of Peter. He goes, oh man. He goes, you know, one of the things I love uh, about this is that at the end, apparently there were some people that thought he was out. They're like, he wasn't a disciple anymore. He's like, yeah, go read the resurrection account. When the people show up to the tomb, they... They, they tell the women, go tell the disciples and Peter, and Peter. Somewhere along the, the line, I don't know if there was an official vote, I don't know exactly what happened, but there were some people, including an angel at the tomb of Jesus, who thought Peter had done enough. Like there's only so much that you can fail at this whole disciple of Jesus thing before you get voted out, right? And so there were some people who had gotten together and basically the idea was like, he's not even a disciple anymore. But you also know that that isn't the end of the story either because there's this moment on the beach after Jesus has conquered death where he, re, he does reinstate Peter. He asked him the same question three times and uh, basically the belief is that each time he answers that question in the affirmative, will you, will you feed my sheep? Yes, you, do you love me? Yes, yes, you know I love you, feed my sheep. Uh, do you really love me? Yes, yes, I really, you know this. Three times they say that Jesus asking this question to make up for the three times that Peter denied knowing him. So here we have this disciple that we know he's, he's a mess of a man. 
We know that he has faith issues. We know that he has anger issues. We know that he's not an award-winning disciple, but he made the cut with Jesus. He kept making the cut with Jesus because Jesus kept him on the boat. He kept him on the team. There was nothing that Peter could do where Jesus was like, that's enough. That's enough. You're out. And in the end, he was a part of a ragtag bunch of guys who took this story of Jesus worldwide. He is one of the guys at the end that is the reason that we are sitting in this room tonight, singing these songs, reading these stories, watching these videos, because he always made the cut with Jesus. And I don't know, maybe I'm the only one here that can relate to this, but I wonder if some of us see a little bit of him in us. I wonder if you're a mess of a person. <laughs> I wonder if your life is just kind of a dumpster fire right now. And in that moment of acknowledging that, in that moment of acknowledging that, could you hear the words of Jesus say, it's all right, come, follow me, follow me. Maybe you've given up on your faith. Maybe COVID happened and it just like went to out here. Like it's off the rails. Maybe you need to know that Jesus hasn't given up on you. Maybe you're living your life in such a way that it's clear that you're, de- you're denying the ways and the teaching of Jesus. And you need to hear him whisper to you, it is never too late to follow me. Because that is the invitation that Jesus gives over and over and over. Come, follow me, follow me, follow me. And I think one of the best first steps is finding a group of people who are going to point you to Jesus, whether that is here or whether that is another church. We're not gonna get picky about that kind of stuff right there. But you need to know that there is nothing that you have done. There is no faith falter that you have had. There's no anger issue. There's no addiction. There's no whatever. there, there, There isn't a thing that would cause Jesus to say to you, "Mm, you don't make the cut. Can you hear his invitation? Follow me. I'm gonna pray and the band's gonna play a song and and then the kids are gonna join us uh, for communion tonight. God, I thank you for this story. I thank you for revealing the heart of God in Jesus. I thank you that there's this this guy, Simon Peter, who's just a mess of a man. Like he acknowledges it. He, He doesn't get things right. He makes mistake after mistake after mistake. But there he is, he's in the story. There was nothing that he could do that would disqualify him. Father, we thank you for the grace. We thank you for the mercy. We thank you that uh, you don't specialize in, in guilt and shame, but in reconciliation and speaking to us, come, follow me. We pray this in the resurrected name of your son, Jesus. Amen. This is gonna sound a little silly, but you know when you take a really dry sponge that's been sitting under your kitchen cabinet for really God knows how long and it is so dry 
and it takes it a minute to soak up the water and get wet again. This past couple years has been like that for me, and I'm guessing probably quite a few of us being home so much and away from people. And with just talking about being known tonight, all honesty, I've really struggled this last year and questioning everything about growing up in church and all the all the Christianese words that I was taught and just all those things and asking God a lot of hard questions. And tonight I feel like that sponge was put back in water for the first time in a really long time. And so I want you to know that no matter where you are, what you're going through, or if you're still sitting at home for a really long time by yourself, like God's there and he's here with us tonight. And he knows us, whether it's in the dark of night when we feel so alone, or whether it's in a group of people where we feel so known and loved, God is with us in all those moments. So just take that with you when you go today. I have a couple quick announcements before we leave. Um, If you are not a part of House Church, we would love to have you join one. We have a few of them. That's much easier. We have a few house churches that are around town. Go to Newberry. Um, They're great. They've got a couple of them. So you guys can talk with Kevin or with Levi if you want to get signed up for one (coughs) in Newberry. Um, Just saying it's a really great one. Uh, I'm sure the other ones are fantastic too. I just haven't been to those. But Newberry is a great house church. (coughs) Um, So Kevin, who lives in Newberry, and Levi, who also lives in Newberry, can talk to them about a house church in Newberry or other parts of town. All right, so another thing that we have coming up is Family Promise. Um, Family Promise is an organization in town that we partner with um, as one of our missions, and they have one of their biggest events coming up. It's their bed race. Think Pinewood Derby, but beds that you build with people and you race with those instead of little Pinewood Derby cars. Sounds awesome, right? Um, So it's a great event that helps them raise money um, for Family Promise. And if we are needing some volunteers, so if you are interested, you can talk with Kevin, Levi, you can let us know in the digital connect card um, or talk with Melissa Kiefer um, and just let us know you're interested in helping with that. It is on February 26th. So that's my last announcement. If you guys want to grab food on your way out, remember they have those kids options. If you want to stick around and help uh, set a uh, tear down, we would always love an extra pair of hands, but please spend some time getting to know each other um, and we will see you on. On March 6th. Have a great day.